Step into a rope and hold on tight because you're listening to Polygonometry. This is a family podcast where each week I sit down with a member of my family and we talk about what it's like growing up in the polygamy stuff. Um, So guys, this week's episode is not going to be talking about polygamy at all, okay? I'm just putting that out up front because this week's episode is going to be featuring one of the craziest stories I've ever heard in my entire life. It's less than an hour. It's a popcorn episode. You know what I'm talking about? Like a short and sweet kind of fun listen, right? Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm kind of cleansing your ear palate in a way. And uh, my cousin and, dude, my cousin's the strongest person alive. He's the strongest person alive, and you'll hear how he's the strongest person alive in this episode. Uh, it's less than an hour. It's going to be, you can listen to this while you're driving to Missoula or driving from Missoula back, or if you don't know where Missoula is and you're listening in from Sweden, uh, whatever takes you an hour to get from Stockholm to another place where they probably uh, do mushrooms or something. I've only watched Midsummer once, and it was awesome. But anyway, this is a crazy episode. Don't listen to it while you're on a boat because it'll scare you. I hope you enjoy it. So I, one one thing that I wanted to ask you about, um, like I, t- I mentioned last night, is your your fishing story oh, yeah, up dude, in Alaska. I know we touched on it a little bit just mm-hmm. by you know the bravado between you and your brothers and our great uncle. Yeah. But your situation was something that is just, I, I dude, I'm I'm not kidding you, dude. I think about what happened to you yeah. once a week. Yeah, dude. It, it's, it, that's crazy. It was the first year I didn't have a brother on the boat. Sometimes I think about it like that. Like, oh, really? Do you oh, think yeah. that it was like cursed? Well, well, not cursed, but like, because I mean, I, now I've been on there for a full season after the incident. Yeah. But like, I remember thinking what would happen if one of my brothers were on the boat. And uh, of course, me absolutely loving my brothers. It's like, it wouldn't have happened. I would, nope, it wouldn't happen. Like, they would have stopped it or they would have known or something because... <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. I'll okay, so yeah, so go ahead. And and something that I want, I, I know that you've told this story thousands and thousands of times, but now that you're, hey, you have headphones on, there's a mic in front of you, you can go into as much detail as you want to really yeah. spout out. I mean, because you're not sitting and telling somebody as you're like walking past them in the hallway or something like that at school. Yeah. Like, I want to hear the full, full thing. Yeah, dude, that was crazy. So... It was it was my third year up there. It was my first. So, so uh, our uncle he just sold out and he sold the Volstad, his his like old boat he had forever, and then and he thought he was going to sell out of the business, and then he realized that he wanted to come back into it with his son. Yeah. And so they went on together on the Steinbit, which is a completely new boat to like all the brothers, because all my brothers and me, my my first couple years, we all fished on the Volstad. Yeah. And then. So, and then when that stopped, like when they sold the Volstad, it was like, all right, well, that was, that was a fun experience. I'm never going back up there again, you know, cause getting it, finding a job up there is super hard. Yeah. So it was the first year that they bought the Stein bit, which is the boat I fish on now. And it was, it was me and this guy named, um, Ian Thompson, who was the other deckhand up there. And then of course, uncle Rick and, and Ian. And then anyway, we were up there and it was crazy. So we have our net that you know, when you're gill netting, you have your boat, you drag out a net that's like, I don't know, like seven or eight feet 
laying like deep in the water. It's held up by a cork line and then the netting and then being sunk on the bottom of it by a lead line. So it's just like an open mesh of net in the water being, and you're just like dragging. So that's, so how wide is it? Like, Oh dude, it's like, like from the front of our boat to the end of our actual net, it's like, Oh, I guess it depends if you have like a D permit, but three, three um, shackles a gear. I mean, it's like, 130 feet or 130 yards long it's like longer in a football field it's a so huge this massive net. huge net that you're just dragging through the water yeah. and you're essentially scooping fish out of the water exactly yeah. okay so you'll, you'll drag your boat and like you attach your your tag or your tow line to the end of your boat at the top of your cork line sure and then you can make shapes you know you can like drag into a sea if you know fish are coming from the right you know you drag a sea with a scope like the mouth of the sea facing right so you can catch more fish yeah um so i mean yeah it's all it's all Oh, they have their own, you know, system. And, oh, yeah. and you know, of course, like, they've been doing it forever, exactly. so they know Our what to do. Our very smart. Like, dude, he's, like, a lot of people don't realize this, but, like, me and my brothers fished for one of the best fishermen up there. Like, yeah. uncle, our uncle is a very good fisherman up there. Yeah. But, um, anyways, like, it was, it was crazy. I mean, so when it first happened, we set our gear out. Um, all of our, all of our net came, went out of the, went out of the reel, and then, um, I'm gonna do this is so crazy. Like just thinking about this. <laughs> so so there there's there's a procedure for everything you do. Like this yeah. has to be done and then this can be done and then this can be done while you're fishing. So I mean it's all it's like it's not a super hard thing to remember once you do it for a while, but I mean you have to do them right. So once the net leaves the boat, you have to bring the horns down and the horns are controlled like it's pretty much what makes the net shoot off the boat straight sure it would just fly everywhere and so there's these two huge horns and once the net gets out of the boat and the tag line and the tow line are like unraveling you need to get the the horns down because if the tow line hits those horns while they're up it could shoot the, and break the toe or break the horns all the way off the boat yeah like it, there's a lot of pressure and weight well yeah because there's so that. much drag i mean there's the, just the net itself, like, so we have these huge bags. Do you mind scooting a little bit closer to the microphone? Yeah. Sorry. We have to, I mean, you have these huge bags that you carry the net in. We have to load them up on the boat every year. Yeah. I mean, these, these bags weigh like 500 pounds and there's for every bag, it's one shackle of gear. So that's 1500 pounds just on one net. If you have a D permit oh, okay. if, or if you don't have a D permit, if you have a D permit, you can hold up to five shackles of gear. That's so much weight. Yeah. And so you have to make sure that yeah. you're doing the pro- proper procedure so you don't literally tear break your boat, boat in half. Yeah, literally, it could break the boat. Yeah. Like, and the boats are huge, obviously. Like, it, Yeah, it, it's it's very, like, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. But, so anyways, um, my other deckhand, he is, his job on, because, you know, the boat's kind of split in half when the net's going out. You sure. You have the right side and the left side, because you can't go underneath or over the net when it's going. Yeah, because you'll get decapitated. <laughs> exactly. <It's> like, <laughs> So I'm on my side, and I have the jobs that need to be done on my side, and he has his side, and the jobs that need to be done on his side. And on his side, he needs to take the horns down before the rest of the nets out of the off the boat. Yeah. And it wasn't getting done, and I'm watching him. I'm yelling at him like Ian, like you got it, you got to take the horns down, take the horns down. And he's just not doing it. Like he can't get the because there's these pins in the horns. He can't get the pin out. So I I needed to get over there. So I had to step over the net, and I had to go help him take the horns down. We get the horns down just in time as the rest of the tow line goes up. And I look down, it was like, I mean, it, I don't know. I, dude, it's surreal. Like, I just thinking about it, like, I'm starting to sweat. Like, it, <laughs> I remember I looked down, I'm right in front, I'm at the end of the boat, right in front of the horns. And I looked down, my left leg is caught in the bite of the tow line. And oh. It was like, so the, was, the rope is, the, the tow line is wrapping around your leg. Yeah. It, and I, I've already stepped in the bite. Like it's, 
Oh like, my god! This, you know, I've already stepped in it. It's right here. My foot's in here, and that's the rest of it. And it's just, yeah, yeah. it was crazy. So, I feel it, and I, I feel it on my ankle, and I feel it starting to get tight. So I'm immediately like, get it out, get like you gotta get your foot out. So I start hopping on my right leg with my left leg up in the air, pushing the, trying to get the net off. But we're, I mean, we're on step. We're going as fast as the boat can go. So that is, I mean, it, it was no time. It was like, so from the time that you realized that it was around your leg. To from me on top of the stern roller, uh, probably two seconds. Or Jeez, less. that's so fast. Yeah, it was it was incredibly fast. So, uh, yeah, I see the I see the line on my ankle. I start hopping on one leg, trying to get it off. Um, my other deckhand is just screaming. He has no idea what to do. I have no idea what to do. I'm like it. So it's wrapping around yeah, your leg. I, I, I thought I was like, dude, I'm thinking I'm about to die. Like, I, it was just that real. It was that fast. And like, I knew the dangers of this. I've seen people get hurt up here. Like, yeah. It was so, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So the rope's going around your leg. Then what happens? Yep. The rope's going around my knee. I start trying to take it off. Um, Ian's screaming. And then. So it's just below it your tight. knee. It's just below your knee, right? Mm, just, just below my kneecap. Like right there. I mean, right in the crease of my knee, back of my knee. And yeah. In front of my knee. And then. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then it gets tight. It gets really tight, and then it starts bringing me up towards the back of the boat onto the stern roller. And so the stern roller is like this huge roller with two horns on the side, and then that's what the roller is a free roll, so the net can go off. Yeah. So, so what happens is my left leg gets caught in the in the tow line, and the tow line's going off the boat, obviously, and it's going to get really tight. Like it's going to be like ten feet up in the air, going straight in the water to the net, and then we're on deck. So I mean, so you're ten feet in the air. No, because I held on to the horn, and this is what the, if I didn't hold on, this is what would have happened. Oh, my God. Holy so, fuck. Okay, so you, yeah. so the rope is going around your leg, it's getting tighter, and you are, okay, that's where I'm at in my, in my mental image. Okay, so what happens next? <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, so now it's on my knee. Okay. I'm straddling the stern roller. My right leg is, is in the boat. My left leg is over the end of the boat. My right arm is on the horn holding it, and my left arm is my left hand is on the net, like the tow line. Yeah. It's also connected to my knee. And if you've ever seen um, Captain America Civil War, when he holds the, <laughs> the, helicopter. the helicopter to the landing pad, that's what I was doing, dude. It was full on like that. <laughs> Holy like, shit, dude. I'm just holding onto the boat. My left leg's over. Oh, my God. My right leg's in. Yeah, I, dude, I was probably on the stern roller for... Oh man, it was, I was up there for probably three seconds before our uncle and our cousin that yeah. ran the boat realized yeah. what was going on because I was just screaming. I mean, it was, it was the most immense, horrible pain I feel like I could ever imagine. Like, you know, a hydraulic press. Yeah. That's on my knee, dude. Like a hydraulic press is pushing down on my knee. That's what it felt like. It was, it was the most excruciating pain, dude. I, I could ever imagine. And I start screaming. I'm screaming super loud. Ian so hold on. So are you are you like upside down at all or? No, I'm facing. I'm facing straight on. Like 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 I'm stand up. Like I don't know. Like my head's up. My feet are down. Yeah. And I'm straddling the stern roller. My right leg is in. And I remember I'm trying to leg ride the stern roller. Just trying to have any kind of hold on that I can. So my right leg is like hooked, and my left leg straight over. My left or my right arm or left arm is straight over, and my right arm's holding on to the stern roller. Oh just, my god! Like it, it really was. It's like getting trying to get torn apart, like torn in half. But I, I'm if I wasn't getting torn in half, I was just because I was holding on. Like it was just all adrenaline. Like I, there's no way any human is strong enough to hold the, the freaking weight of the. So how? Okay, so how? That's that's my next question. So how much? 
Like I'm trying to think of the math and the force that is being exerted oh on gosh. your body and how you are able to hold the fuck on, dude. So if each shackle is 500 pounds, we have three shackles of gear, that's 1,500 pounds. And then you got to think about drag fish in the net and each fish is like you know, like 10 for like 5 to 10 pounds each sockeye and then getting the drag through the water to and how fast we're going because when you set your net you're on step that means as fast as the boat can go yeah so we're going as fast as we can go with the nets getting dragged through the water so how many like how like it, could you think of it in miles per hour maybe so if our boat goes on step at like 8 knots then we're 8 oh, knots man. i can do a conversion really quick on google I think our boat is on step at eight knots. Okay. And then, yeah, I mean, I'm the only thing between the net getting dragged through the water and me holding onto the boat. Because when you got to think about this, like, there is slack. There's no slack between, like, when on regular day, we're regular having a set out. Like, the tag line and the tow line is t connected to the net, and there's no slack because that's tight. Yeah. That's super tight. Like, you can do pull-ups. We do that. We do pull-ups on that rope because it's so tight. Yeah. And there's slack in the rope from... My left hand and my right hand. This is slack and this is tight to the net. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know how I held on to that. I, I, Dude, I, you're a goddamn superhero. I know. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? And like when I told the doctor this, he goes, that's not possible. That can't happen. I was like, no, doc, I watched it. I was there. I, that happened. He goes, Look at my goddamn leg, doc. <laughs> yeah, because it was in, it was in Iggy Gick. Man, I'll just get in it. So, okay, so okay, so man? hold on. So I looked up eight knots. Eight knots is just over nine miles an hour, mm -hmm. and that's over the water. And people are like, oh, nine miles an hour or yeah. whatever. But if you've ever watched the hydraulic press YouTube videos, yeah. th those presses aren't moving fast. Like, no. They're not pounding like mm -hmm. a you know a strike hammer or something like that. Exactly. Like they, it's just so much force being exerted, and you were able to just Captain America that shit, dude. That I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh I, my god. I, yeah, I don't know if I was. If it, was it was all just adrenaline. It's like the mom when she picks up the car because her kids underneath it. it was yeah. Like that. Just adrenaline strength. Holy and, shit, dude. Yeah. So I'm holding on, and so what happens is I'm screaming. I'm screaming, Bloody Mary, dude. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's the. I thought my leg was broken. I thought I was gonna literally rip my leg off. That's what I'm imagining. Like, think of it like a, I don't know, a cinch. It's yeah, like, like a, a cinch. cinch. It's just cinching your leg so tight. And it's just and one loop. Like it goes around my knee and then back out. It's just one loop, and and it's so tight. And this this rope is like. It's like the diameter of a 50 cent piece. Like it's a big rope. It's, so it's got a, a huge, is yeah. it, is it uh, an actual rope or is it a cable? No, it's, it's a rope. It's a rope. Yeah. Okay. And, and cause it has to like float and stuff. So sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. Gotcha. It's, it's gotcha. Okay. It's a strong rope. And yeah, so I'm screaming, I'm screaming and my other deck hand finally gets, I mean, cause we're in between the engine, the deck and the flying bridge where the skippers are Yeah. is right in between the smokestack and which is really loud. So they can't hear anything. So we're screaming, and they finally hear us. They turn around. They see me on the end of the stern roller. I remember looking at, at our uncle's face, and it was just like, like he's never had anything like that happen on his boat. He he is because he runs a, he runs a tight ship, mm -hmm. obviously. I mean, yeah, and he's very safe. Very, you know, he, yeah. And and anyway, I see his face just drop. I see, um, our cousin just completely his face just dropped. I mean, they're they're like, oh my god, what is happening? So they immediately throw the boat in reverse. And so this still takes, like, it probably took 10 seconds from us, from when they noticed me. Going full speed. Yeah, going full speed. For them to stop, for me to get it out, took another 10 seconds because the boat is moving through the water. Like, you can't just, it's not like tires on a road where you can break. Yeah. Like, you're floating. It's fluid. Yeah. yeah. You can't, you can't do that. So it took another about like 10, maybe 15 seconds for them to just stop. And then when they stopped, I had to pull the line, pull the rope and the whole net 
pulling it to get slack. And obviously I wasn't pulling it very, like, I mean, I couldn't move the whole net. I was just pulling a little bit just so I could get my leg out. Got my leg out. I fall onto the deck and all three of them run down to me. They're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, I can't feel my leg. My heart's racing. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm in pain. And they're like, all right, well, let's get you inside. Let's take your clothes off. See what's, see what's going on. And so me thinking that I'm okay, I just immediately like, all right, let me stand up and, and walk into the cabin. I stand up, I kind of like I'm holding against the, the boat on my left side. I stand up with my right leg, and I try to move my left leg to put weight, any weight on it, and I immediately fall. And I was like, okay, my left leg is definitely screwed up. And, like, it was a pretty nice day, and I remember, so I was like, I'm just going to take my oil skins off out here, and I'm going to look at my leg. So I take my I take my boot off. I remember I take both my pants, like, both legs out of my pants because it's they're bibs. Yeah. And I just look at my knee, dude, and it's like, it's completely purple. Like it's from from the f- top of my kneecap all the way down to my like to my ankle is just purple. The like, whole li- leg, literally, my whole leg is purple. The all entire leg. surface of your skin is just purple. Everywhere, everywhere, but the very back, like the very back of my calf, where you could still see my skin color. Everywhere else was purple. Oh my and, god! Yeah, because it, it just, just it collapsed all those blood vessels. Yeah. Then right? And yeah, I, holy I was, shit, dude! It was terrifying. It was so terrifying, and then. So I get in, and, like, I get into the cabin, and Rick obviously now realizes that this is surreal. This is happening. It's yeah, like, this is, like, we got to yep. figure this shit out. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. We're in, we're in the mouth of the Igigik River, because um, that's the district we're fishing in. Sure. Igigik. Sure, yeah. And uh, at the mouth of this river, there's the Igigik village. Yeah. And so that's the only place that we can really go. So it's like an hour drive to Igigik, to the city of Igigik, and then. So you have to dock and then drive for an hour. Well, no, we had it's driving on the boat. We have to drive to. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, on okay. water to the okay. to the district or to the Igigik village, and then to the dock basically mm, to the okay. docks. And then there's the, and this was crazy. So we're on the phone with them through the radio. We're saying, hey, this is what happened. We're bringing him to you on the dock. Um, get an ambulance out there, and they're like, yeah, we don't have an ambulance. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, because it's small town Alaska fishing vi- yeah. village. They oh, don't yeah. have an ambulance. So, mm-hmm. We get we get to the dock, and we and this is crazy. So I remember we, we pull up to the dock, and it's low tide. There's a 45-foot ladder for me to get up. So you have to climb this 45-foot ladder and I remember, yeah. to get to the dock? Yep. And I remember them looking down. Is he going to be able to do this? And Rick looks at me, and he's like, are you going to be able to do this? And I looked up the ladder, and I'm, I'm still in shock, dude. Like, my heart is just racing. So you're still an hour. So this is an hour after, after the you after you got your leg out. Mm-hmm. This is an hour after that. Yep. Holy shit, and dude. I still can't. I can't wiggle any of my toes. I can't move any of my leg. I mean, you can't it feel is, it. No, I can't yeah. feel it. I, I have zero feeling. And I look up this ladder, and I'm like, I have to. I, what else am I going to fucking do, dude? Like, I yeah. got to get up here. Yeah. And so, yep, I threw my backpack on. I, in my backpack, I have a change of clothes. I have a phone charger. I have a pen. And I have an insurance copy of the boat's insurance. Yeah. And that's all I got. And then I threw it on. I just start hobbling. I have my hands. And I just, one foot, I'll pick myself up, put the next ladder, you know. Oh, so you're one legging it. One legging it up. And 45 yeah, feet. <laughs> it's a huge dock. This, this dock is meant for huge processing vessels, like fish, yeah. like millions of pounds of fish just to unload here. Yeah. So it's a huge dock. Anyway, I climb up and I get there and they have a pair of, uh, um, oh man, what crutches there. Yeah. They have a pair of crutches. And yeah. So I crutch in and they said, come sit in this van. I said, okay, I sit in this van. This van is owned by the nurse at the community health, health center. She's the only person that works there. 
and she doesn't have an ambulance or, or a company vehicle. She has her own personal van. Personal van that she drives around the whole village to to, to do her people. work. Yeah. So I sit in there. They talk to Ian and Rick, and then they're like, "Do you guys want to come?" And they're like, "Yep, we have to make sure he's okay." So we go to the health community center. They start looking at my leg. They like they feel it, and they're touching my toes. Like, do you feel any of this? I'm like, I can't not tell you're touching me. If I wasn't looking, I would have no idea. And they're like, okay, well, like we need to do something about this. Like, there's nothing I can do for you here. They gave me ibuprofen and painkillers, and that's all they could do. Like, <laughs> they, they, it was a health community center. They had nothing there. Oh, dude, so, it's like here's some IBA, here's some Tylenol, here's some Advil because so, you almost lost your leg. They, yeah, they gave me they gave me. Uh, Holy cow, um, dude. Some painkillers. And then they said, we need to get you on a life flight to Dillingham right now. Like, because that's the closest hospital. Yeah. So I'm waiting there for like probably an hour or more. Pro- it was probably more like an hour and a half to two hours of me just waiting there. I mean, I was just talking with So them. you're three hours after the accident. Yep. By now. Yep. By this time. And I'm just sitting in there waiting because they have to fly it from Dillingham to, to Iggyk back to Dillingham for me. Okay. And so, yeah. So I'm waiting. And I'm waiting there for a while, and then they f- the, f- the flight got, finally gets there. And I mean, that's when Uncle, our uncle yeah. and our cousin sent me off, and they said, hey, best of luck. Like, let me know what happens. Toodles. You know, they can't come with me. Yeah. You know, they got to go back and fish. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I, get on, I get on the plane, and the people are really cool. Like, they, so w- over the radio, they thought I was, like, I couldn't move. Uh, they thought I was, like, I mean, just completely immobile. So they were really surprised to find me out there on crutches because I could still walk, like, just on my right leg. My yeah, left you leg, could still hop. Yeah. I could hop. I could hop. And so they were really surprised to find me like that. So they were thinking everything was okay, and so that made me think everything was okay. They're like, you're okay. Like, we're just going to fly you there, and we'll get you looked at. So I'm like, okay. I started to calm down. You know, I started to oh, realize it's all okay. Okay. And so when I get on the, you know, and there's these two girl nurses, nurses, and then there's a guy on the on the helicopter. Yep, it was a plane. Oh, it was a plane. Um, yep, on the plane. What was it just and a seaplane? Yeah, it was just a little like little jet plane. I mean, there wasn't any. There was like five seats in there, and then the place for my bed. Oh, okay. And so anyway, they start talking to me, and they and like they're super cool. They were so good at their job. Like, yeah. They just talk, calming me down. They obviously realized like I'm super in shock. Like you know, 18 year old kid away from home. Like, anyway, so. You almost I was, got your leg ripped off. Yeah, I was I was super freaked out. So they, and they could tell like I was I remember I was shaking and like oh, they were yeah, trying to do dude. my finger and Yeah, you were just Yeah. I, I was <laughs> you were lit up. Yeah, I was I was I was going crazy. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Okay. I want to acknowledge something. Like I've heard this story before. Mm. It still fucking freaks me the fuck out, man. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay, so you're in the plane, you're going... Yep, and they're calming down, and, they're, and then they're explaining to me what's going on inside my leg and inside my body, and they're, and they're telling me, okay, so you have no blood flow from, from, like, your upper thigh to the rest of your leg, and that's what the problem is. That rope cinched your nerves and your blood vessels so tightly that they're not re-inflating. They're, like... They're, they're not still, opening back up. Yep, they're still so stuck together because it was so tight. And so I'm thinking, okay, all right, I get it. And then they say... I get to Dillingham, and it was, it was it was a pretty short flight. It was like like a forty five minute flight to to Dillingham. And then when I get to Dillingham, I'm still thinking everything is okay. I'm I'm it, when I got to Dillingham, I'm still thinking I'm going back out on the boat later. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, still like, I'm thinking shit. it's gonna be okay, and they're gonna like give me some blood thinners or you know I'll maybe stay for a week, for a week, and then I'll go out and fish and like, still finish the season. Yeah, and so and that's what Idiot. I told. <laughs> and our cousin is that I'll be back. I told him that I'll be back. I'll see you guys. That's not what happened though. So I get to Dillingham 
and the doctor immediately gets me in for um like t- like an x-ray and, and an ultrasound yeah and then he comes in and i'm i'm probably there for like 30 minutes it was fast so he's like get him in because they knew the you were coming yeah exactly they, they were prepared so i get in they do the tests and then i'm sitting on the on the bed and i f- they gave me a phone because this is the first time i've had service so then i call my dad yeah this is the first time my dad knows i say hey dad so how so from the accident to when you call your dad it must have been like four and a half hours then yep it was a while okay and because i got hurt like three o'clock in the afternoon no it was probably like five in the afternoon okay so it's yep. pretty late at night then mm-hmm. and then when i finally called my dad it was the middle of the night i, ca- I woke him up yeah and anyway so <laughs> i called him i said dad i'm in the hospital right now or no no this is what happened before my doctor told me yep so i'm, so I'm laying on the bed and I have service, but I can't call anything on my phone. So I'm Snapchatting people. That's right. I Snapchat, <laughs> I Snapchat your little brother. Yeah. I was like, dude, you wouldn't believe what just happened. And and yeah, and I started Snapchatting my girlfriend, my friends. And then they finally gave me this phone that I can actually make a call with. Yeah. Like, Ten minutes after I was Snapchatting my friends. Sure. I was like, okay, I need to call my dad. Immediately <laughs> called my dad. And I was like, dad, I'm in Dillingham. I'm in the hospital. I got really badly injured. And I told him what happened. And this is why the doctor's looking at my test results. Like the x-rays the and all x-rays that stuff. and all that. And so I'm just, I'm like feeling okay about this, you know? Like, yeah. he's take it. He, I mean, I'm just resting here. I'm feeling all right. And then I, you know, I call my dad. My dad's obviously totally panicking. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, doesn't realize what's going on. Hasn't heard from any, Rick couldn't talk to him, you know? Yeah. No, no one could get a hold of him. So I finally called him and I told him what was going on. And he goes, okay, well, I'm on my way up there. And I was like, no, you should just wait. Like, I don't know what, what for sure is going on. Like, I may could go out and fish more. And he goes, okay, well, you need to let me talk to the doctor. And as this happens, the doctor walks in. Hey, is that your dad? I was like, yeah. And he goes, I need to talk to him. Oh, oh shit. So I'm just like, oh, no, dude. It's like, oh, all right. Well, he needs to talk to you, too. And so they talk for probably 15 minutes. And this is not in front of me, by the way. This is in a oh, different okay. I have no idea what's going on. All right. Comes back and he goes, here's your dad he wants to talk to you. I was like, okay. And he talks to me for a little bit and he goes, after the doctor is done talking to you, let me know and call me back. I was like, okay, sounds good. He goes, I love you, son. And then I, I was like, oh, doctor's my. about to tell me something I don't want. And I, dude, this was, this was a very surreal, like, <laughs> when I was realizing like what was going on, like I heard my dad say, I love you, son. Like I was like, some, something, some, 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 something's yeah. up. The doctor something's told wrong. you something that I didn't tell you because like, like Something's it's not that like he said he loved me that caught my attention. It was the way he said it. Yeah. And so it was, it was weird. And so the doctor talks to me. He sits down and he's oh, doing the whole doctor thing. Oh man. He sits on the foot. Of the oh, bed. dude, I'm on pins and needles <laughs> right now, and I know what he's gonna say. He puts his hand on my on my leg on my on my right leg, not my your bad leg. My bad leg. <laughs> and he goes, Bridger, we have to life flight you to Anchorage. I was like, why? This is, this is a hospital. It's a big hospital. Dillingham's not a huge village, but they have a hospital. You know, yeah. It's like as big as our emergency room. So I'm thinking, why would I need to go there if you can just do everything you need to do here? You know, we're already at a hospital. And he goes, this, he goes, our vascular surgeon's not here right now, and we need to prep you for amputation, ASAP. And I, dude. Dude, oh, I, well, I okay, was, so what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. So what was that like for you? Well, run it me was, through the emotions that you like what was what was your reaction how did, dude that's so crazy it was it, i would say it was about 10 seconds of of silence me thinking he was lying i really did think he was i thought he was pulling a fucking joke dude like and i was almost angry because why would you say that to me that's not funny oh but it my was like, god and then i kind of thought about it. i was like my leg's purple still dude like 
you know, this guy's serious. And then I, yeah, I like, I'm shaking right now because I, I remember I was shaking then. And I, was just like, <laughs> I was just like, oh my uh, God. He tells, yeah, so he tells me. You're, you're going to, we're going to chop it off. He tells me what's happening. He goes, you can develop gangrene and bacteria that can eat away at your muscle if it's not, doesn't have blood flow. And I was like, okay, well, so what, what, what now? And he goes, the life flight jet's already on his way. He's going to pick you up from here. He's going to bring you to Anchorage. Anchorage. And when you get to Anchorage, you're going into surgery. And so like you get off the plane and you're getting prepped for surgery. And this whole time I haven't eaten anything. I haven't eaten anything that whole day because they thought I was going to be in surgery or something was going to happen. Because when I got to Iggy, they told me possible surgeries that I could get if things happened. And it was, they would fillet me, literally fillet my leg open from my groin to my ankle to try to get inside of my leg to reinflate my veins and my arteries. So when they said that, he said, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's a far stretch. But if it does happen, you shouldn't eat anything because you could be going into surgery really fast. So I was like, okay, yeah, I have no problem not eating. I haven't not ate my whole life. I've cut weight. You know, I'm okay with this. But this is, that was two hospitals ago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking starving. And and he tells me, he goes, yep, can't eat or drink anything. You'll, you'll be going into surgery right when you get to, right when you get to Anchorage. And, and this is when just like a wave of emotion fell over me. Like, yeah, like I've going into my senior year of high school. um, Obviously I have my eyes on the prize winning state. Yeah. And. I'm just like, oh my god, dude, this isn't happening. Like, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. And so, like, I obviously I broke down crying. Yeah, they really broke down. I mean, because he told me we're gonna you like, chop your, your leg, leg off. Is, your leg is getting amputated when you get to Anchorage. Like, this is what has to happen. You will lose a lot more than just your leg because they were gonna cut it from the knee down. He said if that di- if we didn't get that done in time, it was gonna. That's where the gangrene would start. Yeah, and it would travel up my thigh, and I'd lose my entire leg from the groin. So I'm just holy shit. I'm just like, okay, this is gonna happen. Like I, I <laughs> holy fuck, dude. I realized it was gonna happen. I was like, okay, and I, I just accepted it. I was like, I need to call my dad. I need to call my dad. I call my yeah. dad, and his voice was completely different from the last time I talked to him. He was awake. He yeah. was up. Oh, because he was. Yep. He, so, was well, he was. He yeah. was. <laughs> exactly. When he was talking to me oh earlier, he was on, in the bed. This is so crazy know, to me, man. Asleep. Oh my god. And then when I called him again. I automatically knew he was awake. He was up. He was moving. So I'm thinking he, the doctor told him to get up here because I'm getting into surgery. He's packing right now. Yeah. He's on my way. And then I got kind of happy. I was like, my dad's on my way. I need to see my dad. This yeah. Be nice. So he's on already on his way to a flight up to Anchorage. Yeah. Before I even talked to him about it. So I talked to him and he goes, everything's going to be okay. I know what has, I know what happened. Cause I was like, did the doctor tell you like, did do you know what's going on? And he goes, yep, I know it's okay. Like I get it. And, like, obviously I'm bawling. Like yeah. My dad's on the phone, so I'm just yeah. like crying. And he just kind of let me cry for a second, and then he said, everything's going to be okay. I'm on my way to come get you. Um, and I remember him saying, this was a really, like, this really poked me. It was like, life's going to be different now. And I was like, oh, my God, my life's going to totally be different now. And I was, <laughs> it was just like, holy shit. Oh, and my God. And I was God. like, yeah, you're right. I was like, yeah, oh you're my right. God. My life's going to be really different. Um so this is this is a totally surreal moment. I remember I called my girlfriend that I was dating for three years at this time, and I told her I was getting my leg chopped off. And I was just like, dude, I start crying. She starts crying. I mean, I texted your little brother. Yeah. This is the middle of the night. I was like, because obviously he's my best friend. I need to talk to him. And so yeah, 
Oh, no, no, I called him. That's right. I called him, and I was doped up on drugs by this point. Like, I was yeah. screwed up. And so I was just like, dude, like, I'm scared. Like, I love you. Like, what's going on? Like, I want you to be here. And he goes, I'll see you soon. Like, I'll see you right when you get home. I'll pick you up. I'm like, my whole life's changing, dude. Like, I'm not going to have a leg. And he's like, I know it's going to be. I remember he started to cry. I oh, like, dude. This, this isn't happening, dude. Oh, man. Anyway, so once I gain my composure, I make my calls. I, I realize I'm getting my leg chopped off. I realize my life's changing forever. After I gather my composure, um, he tells me, he's like, you should get some sleep. You know, the, the plane will be here in a little bit, and we'll wake you up, we'll take care of you, but you should get some sleep. Yeah, that didn't happen, dude. Oh, obviously. no, there's no way you could sleep. Obviously not, yeah. So I remember calling my dad again, you know, just to talk to him, and I asked him what he was up to, like what he was doing, and he goes, I'm on my way up to Missoula. You know, I'm, I'm on the first flight over there. I got to go to Seattle and then Anchorage. And he goes, all right, well, just make sure <laughs> he tried to cheer me up and he said because I asked him about wrestling I was like I'm never going to be able to wrestle again and he goes that's not true you know think about Anthony Robles he's a national champ he had he was born with one leg and I was like yeah but like I, I've wrestled my whole life with two like think about me trying to learn how to wrestle with one and he goes, in in this the amount of time school. that you have exactly I mean yeah. this is the summer I wrestle and you know I start wrestling in a couple months but anyways he goes hey keep your head up you can be a 113 pound state champ <laughs> and me being 170 pounds i'm like god damn it and i like i kind of giggle but like, i knew he was just trying to cheer me up yeah but yeah. I, and yeah so that that was crazy and i finally get onto the plane from dillingham to anchorage and now i'm just like i kind of like all my crazy emotions of oh fuck kind of left and it was like all right i gained my composure i was like how am i going to make the best of this right now what am i going to do to make the best of of my situation and so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I think all the way back to my te my health teachers are like my health class. I'm thinking how the blood works, like how, how your yeah. heart pumps blood. I was like, I just need to reopen my arteries. That's all I need to do. I was like, I just need to reopen my arteries, dude. So <laughs> I start massaging my thigh and with the palms of my hands, I just start rubbing down. Like a, <laughs> you're treating I'm, your leg like a go-gurt. Dude, literally, it's, <laughs> yes, that's a perfect way to explain it. If my whole leg was a go-gurt. The middle of the go-gurt where my knee is, is pinched. And I just need to push enough go-gurt to the middle part to open it back up so I can get go-gurt to the bottom. <laughs> that is what I'm thinking. Literally, that is what went through my mind, dude. Oh, my so God, I'm, dude. For the whole, the whole life flight, I'm massaging my thigh. And I remember that the, now these life flight, like, agent, or, like, doctors on this jet... Yeah, they were they weren't as cool, but like they're like, hey, don't touch your leg. You could break something. And I looked at him. I remember saying this. What am I going to break if they're chopping it off? And he goes, don't touch your leg, dude. I'm serious. <laughs> worse. And I'm like, no, I'm thinking like, dude, if they're chopping this off, I can't do anything to hurt it. Like might as well try it. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to massage my leg. So I just massage it. I mean, it's a three four hour flight and i'm yeah. massaging it the whole time my hands i remember feeling my hands my forearms were so sore after massaging it but i just like i gotta keep going i gotta yeah. keep going so i massaged my leg out for hours hours and by the end of the flight i could start to wiggle my toes this is huge i haven't wiggled my toes since the incident yeah i start to move my ankle like rotate my foot i was like yeah. oh my gosh dude oh and i am ecstatic with with excitement so when we get onto the ambulance I tell the ambulance people, I was like, I haven't been able to move my leg, like in Anchorage when we get there. I was like, I haven't been able to move anything on my leg until now. Like, I can start to do this. And he goes, that's really good. Can you feel me touching you? And I said, no, but I can move it. And so, I mean, when we get to the, the Anchorage airport, 
it was like lights and sirens all the way to the hospital, you know? Yeah. And I, I get there and I'm thinking that I'm going to talk to a doctor. I'm going to tell the doctor what happened. It's going to be like the other hospital visits where it's just like, Hey, you know, this is what happened. I'm, but I'm feeling my toes. Like this is what I'm thinking is going to happen. But no, I get, they drive into this huge garage and from the garage, there's like 10 people in this garage waiting for me. Yeah. They, I mean, they are like freaked out. Like they kind of freaked me out cause they're like so amped up and ready. They put me on the gurney. They rush me in like, like in a movie, dude, like, like doctors running with the gurney bed through the halls. It is yeah. like that, dude. Yeah. I am. It is, is crazy. And they finally get me to this room. And I'm sitting in that room, and then they start hooking me up to these and to these like like uh, computers or sure. whatnot, you know, yeah. stickers on my arms sensors and all that. Sensors, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is we're in Anchorage, yep. So yeah, so I got rushed in, and then and then when they start like they, I'm on the bed, and all the doctors are in there, and then they start hooking me up to all the the sensors and whatnot. Um, and I remember seeing like things on on tables, like there's this little like. Like in movies, you know, metal tray with all the tools on it. Oh yeah, there, there was like there was like scalpels, and then there, the scariest thing that I I really really like remember. It's very vivid. Um, there was a doctor, and he was in there, and there was a lo- there's a lot of people in this room. Like, how many people were in this room? I, I bet you there's probably ten people because there's people like against the walls grabbing things out of like cabinets. And so this is like the surgeon and all the surgeon's assistants exactly. and everybody that's going to just chop your leg off. Literally. And then, and then, but the actual vascular surgeon came in after, but there's probably like 10 people in the room. There's like the dude hooked me up to computers. Girls like take, like cutting open my, my, um, sweats and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was crazy. There's just so many people in this room and there's this dude, it was like a grim reaper scene, dude. This dude in the back <laughs> had a bone saw and he had the gloves that went up to his elbows and a face shield, dude. He's looking at you and he's just like, was he like looking at you? No, I I caught him like right as he was grabbing it and he was like putting it down, but he has all this stuff on him right now. Like he's 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 ready to go. Yeah, he's prepped. And I I just happened to see him when he picked it up, like kind of looked at me and then like put it down. Oh my God. Dude, that that was crazy. Oh my God. Yeah, and I and I'm and this is all happening really fast because I'm on a lot of painkillers right now. Yeah, and then so when the actual guy came in, and you can tell like he was very professional. He was the actual vascular surgeon. He was the actual person that would be performing on me. Yeah, he was. So was he the guy that they that the people in Igigik said or no in um, Dillingham? In Dillingham, yeah, yeah. So this is the same guy, same dude, same guy to fly up there. So you essentially flew to him, exactly. Okay. So when we get there, and he came, he came in, he came and talked to me. And he's like, how are you feeling? And I'm just so woozy right now. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm okay. And like, I didn't think it was going to be so fast. So he starts grabbing my feet and he has a marker and he cut, he drew a, like on with a Sharpie on my foot an X and then lines up my ankle. And I was just like, what the hell? And I was like scared. And then he put an X on my kneecap. I remember that. And then down on the backside of my knee, like yeah. a line. So he's like drawing his lines for incision. So, oh, this is where we're going to cut and snip and yeah. go for it. Yeah. And I, was just like, <laughs> and, and I remember, and this was, this and you was can't the feel thing. the marker, right? No, okay. not, I'm just, and I can't even feel him grabbing my feet. Like, but I, I can wiggle my toes still. And, and so this is when I realized I was like, crap, I can still wiggle my toes. So I looked at him and I remember saying, stop, stop, wait, no, listen, look like, and I just tried talking, but I was so woozy. And I just remember getting out, like I can wiggle my toes, watch me move my ankle. Like I can barely bend my knee. And he goes, that means you have blood flow. Like, that is what that means since you can move it, but you can't feel it. So it's not all the way there. Yeah. So 
And I told him, and he goes, he doesn't need to get amputated right now. We need to look at what's going on inside. So then I got, like, for literally, like, five hours, dude, so many tests. I got an ultrasound. I got x-ray, CAT scans. I had, um, oh, it's like it's like an x-ray, but it just goes on, like, parts of your body. Sure. It was, it was just so many, like, different tests for a long time. And by that time, my dad got up there the next morning. And, I mean, I got people coming in on my room, like, all the time checking me, checking my blood. Like, and my, uh, I got put on a crap ton of blood thinners. I remember that. So my blood could actually get through the, the, the little itty bitty small, tiny openings. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, dude, that was crazy. And my dad finally showed up the next morning. He called me and told me he was there and I met him out in the waiting room on my crutches. Like, and my phone. What was that like? Ass. That was like, really like, cause, cause you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Cause you mentioned earlier that you're like, oh man, I just want to see my dad right yeah, now. So that moment when you're like first, that like really, <laughs> that was really cool. But what was even crazier is my dad thought I was in. Surgery. Surgery. He had no idea. He, I had a leg until I saw him. He saw me with my leg for the first time after, because he had no idea who to call, because he didn't know what hospitals I was getting transferred from. Oh, my goodness. To call. So he was coming there to see me, like, when I woke up from surgery. From an amputation. Exactly. He was, he literally told me, he was, I was waiting to come and try to explain to you what life's going to be like. Like, and I have no idea what to say to that. So he spent like, the entire plane ride, yes, like, prepping he, like this, like, okay, so here's how we're going to do this, you yeah, know? Oh, wow. Wow, dude. It, That's insane. Crazy. Yeah, and he, like, I remember him even saying, like, I had no, because we obviously had a huge conversation. I mean, oh, yeah, we yeah, went yeah. out to dinner, and I just explained everything, and he was explaining what was going on in his head, and he's like, I had no idea how to do this for my son. Like, I want this to be easy for my son. I want to explain to him what's going on and how he can like go throughout life like this. Cause this is crazy. Like yeah. losing a leg and like, I didn't know, I was really concerned about wrestling and like yeah. hugely and, and all sports dude, just like my yeah. life in general. Yeah. And, yeah. And he just wanted to try to help me out with that. But he told me, he's like, I have no idea what to say to you. I don't know what that's like. Like I have a daughter with special needs, but like, this is crazy. This is totally different. Yeah. And I remember he, him even saying like, like God really put him through a lot of crap with all of his children, you know, like yeah, with yeah. everything that's happened. Like I remember mm-hmm. him saying that that was kind of crazy for me, but oh, dude, because with everything with my younger sister and then my oldest brother, like yeah, that's just I don't know. And he he was like I, it, all my kids I've had a challenge with, and like with ev- with one from every mom I've had something crazy happen to. And yeah, just, yeah, that is definitely something a little bit unique about your family's yeah. situation. And yeah, it, I don't know that. Yeah, it was a crazy time. Finally saw my dad. Damn, dude. Saw me with my leg. We went up. Story is so fucking crazy, man. Uh, Saw him, hugged him. And yeah, we went out to dinner and just talked. It was. And chatted and stuff. Chatted, came home. Damn, dude. Got to see my dog and Lissy or my sister was there. So that was crazy. And yeah, that that was super cool. Just coming home. Then I had a summer. That was the first time I had a summer. I was on crutches the whole time, but. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. I remember, um. The next day, after the day after your accident, um, my mom called, mm. and she's like, "Hey, did you hear what happened to <laughs> to, Bridger? <laughs> to Bridger?" And I was like, "No, what? what? Yeah, because when what when was this again?" Um, it was in earlier in the year. I actually have the day. I have a picture from the day it happened. Oh, do you have a picture of your leg? No, I don't have a picture of my leg, but I have a picture because th- that happened so fast. My phone was actually oh. dead when it happened. I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. wanted to take a picture, but I didn't. Oh, dang. But like, oh man, I had a picture from the day it happened, so I know exactly what day it was. Okay. Yeah. That way I can that. get, a, little, get a, yeah. like a frame of reference of like what time of the year it was and stuff. It was so crazy. But you mentioned it was like a nice day, so it must it have been like... It was a really like, nice day, and it was early on in the year. Like, 
I wasn't fishing for very long when it happened. So it must have been like early July or something like that? Yeah, it had. Or mid-July? Mm-hmm. I have it right here. Oh, this is it. Okay. So, oh, crap. Yeah, because that's the plane ride. So it was um, June 28th. Yep. That was June 28th plane. was the day that it happened. Yep. June 28th. And then so late June, you had that. So this was last year, right? No, no, two years ago. Two years ago. Two yeah. Junes ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to think of and remember where I was at that time. Oh, yeah. Were in, you in China? I think I was in China. Yeah. You must have been in China. So was that 2018? It must or 2019? Yeah, 2019. No. Yeah. yeah, 2018. 2018. So. 19. 2019. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I was in China. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was China. still in China. I was just a few months away from mm-hmm. getting back from China. Okay, so yeah. No, I actually. Okay, so now that's coming back to me. So my mom called and she was like. Hey, did you hear what happened to Bridger? And I was like, no, what happened? And Tank was on the the, fo- the phone call too, just yeah. on speaker. He's like, yeah, dude, he, he might lose his leg. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What happened? So they explained everything mm-hmm. to me. And I was just like sitting there like in my apartment in China, just like, what? What's going on? Holy cow. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so nuts, dude. Yeah, but, that, was, that was crazy. So you go through all this stuff. And so the recovery, what was that like? So... Cause, the doctor said, okay, you get feeling, we're not going to amputate. Mm. Um, you're treating your leg like a go-gurt. Yeah, pretty much. And he, well, what was actually super crazy is when the doctor told me, and like when I talked to him, because I talked to him for like an hour, dude. Yeah. Was, I talked to him for a really long time, and I told him what I did on the plane because I was just trying to be honest. I wanted, like, I, I was scared. So I, was, I told him everything. I was like, I massaged it out for, for like the whole plane right here. And he goes, you massage your legs out like, like doing, and he even did exactly what I was doing. He goes, yep, that's exactly what I was doing. And he goes, that probably saved your leg. If you didn't do that, your your veins and arteries would have been permanently shut by the time you got here. So if you didn't do that, then no blood would have been able to get through. And then they would have had to have amputated. Exactly. And so some like sometimes I think about that like that's crazy that if I could, like if I didn't have done, I haven't done that. Like I don't know what would have happened, dude. I I probably you would have lost your leg. Yeah, I would have lost my leg for sure. (laughs) And it's crazy because the doctor even told me like the. The nurse on the plane said, "Don't do that. You could damage it further." And I was just like, "They're gonna chop it off anyway." Yeah, Fuck chopping it. it off, bro. Damn, dude. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, that was. It's like when people ask me, like, "What did you feel like after it all happened?" I was like, "I felt like I was in a movie. It was like a movie. <laughs> Everything was like happening like it was watching like an action movie." Yeah, because you yeah. see the nurses. The guy has the bone saw. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Damn, dude. That is so crazy to me to think. I mean, it's one of those, you know. I mean, everybody, I, I would venture to guess that there's a lot of people that might be listening that know somebody that have, has oh, been yeah. in a crazy accident that they have lived or, or whatever mm. um, and that kind of stuff. But, like, it still doesn't make it any less Surreal. insane. Yeah, crazy. That's so, fuck, dude, you Captain america yourself. Yeah. I don't know how <laughs> that was possible. How did your sternum not rip apart? How did my shoulders not rip off my body that's what i was thinking i don't know yeah. how. like my grip dude i pff, I, my grip holding on should not have happened because that's all it was was just two hands like I didn't so you weren't you didn't like loop no, around with like an elbow around. no it was all just hands hands on a rope hands on a horn on the, <laughs> the it was, yeah dude. that was crazy and those things are big too they're like this big so it's like a full grip it's, it's not like a, something tight you can wrap yeah. your fist around like it's big it's like you're palming yeah. and holding on just with your forearms what's even weird so when those so you know how the net goes in between those those yeah. roll they're all the stern rollers so they roll so like it should have been easy to slip off but it didn't 
I apparently held it straight enough. So that's what's, <laughs> that's what's weird. But, Holy shit. Yeah. Damn, dude. I'm, I'm assuming that I, know, I, I, I have a feeling that I know the answer to this question, but now that you went through this, how do you function around like risky stuff now? Like, cause I know that you like going up and hiking and, mm. you know, bagging peaks and like that kind of stuff, yeah. like being close to cliff edges and stuff. Has that like freaked you out anymore? Or is that honestly, like, I don't think anything up in the mountains or anything, me doing anything outside is it's affected, but I've definitely noticed like, I don't know what last. So this last year after the incident, when I went up, everything was different when I was working on the boat. Everything yeah. was slower. I looked at every line. Like, I was so much more aware of what was going on in the boat. And yeah. it made me a way better deckhand. Yeah. But, like, I was, I was super, super conscious of what was happening on the deck. Yeah. And and my, I remember the first time, the first time we set, I was watching the line go out. I was just like, holy crap. Last time this happened. Because it's fast. I mean, it shoots out. So you're just watching it, making sure you're staying clear. And it's just like, I think it's going fast. Remember when I was in there? <sighs> yeah. But, and definitely on like the bow of the boat, you know, drop an anchor. Yeah. You definitely have to be careful about that. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong. I mean, that's a dangerous gig up there. It really is. No. And I, yeah, you're right. I don't think people really understand like, oh, you're a fisherman in, in Alaska every summer, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but it's like working on the oil rigs. Anybody who yeah, lives in, you know, the upper Midwest, especially, you know, obviously in North Dakota yeah. and, and those places, like, they understand the dangers of working on a, on a rig. Oh, but, like, sure. some random Joe Schmo from somewhere who works as, as a desk job, yeah. I mean, they might understand. They might have watched Deadliest Catch or something like that on Discovery. True. But, like, there are so many things that can go so goddamn wrong mm-hmm. by just stepping weird. I mean, yeah, dude, think about Tank. Yeah. Or, yeah, he just broke both his arms, dude. <laughs> yeah. Literally falling from silts. Like, yeah. I remember when I, oh, my gosh, this is funny. When I, after, because I was obviously working with my other sheetrockers. Like, yeah. you know, we all hate sheetrock. And I was just talking to him. And, and I told him, because they know Tink. Yeah. I was like, I talked about him all the time. And anyway, and I was like, yeah, he just broke both his arms. And they're like, no way. I was like, no, I'm serious. He fell off stilts. And he's like, no. So my brother was on stilts. So I went over and because I work with him. And so I started kicking the stilts. And he's like, ah. I was like, ah, look. And I took a video of it. I was oh, like, yeah. He's better walking on stilts than you. And <laughs> it was so funny. And I just, I, I came home. And I was like, oh my gosh, you actually broke both your arms. They're both in things. Like, yeah. <laughs> just stepping weird can all of a sudden yeah, ruin. A lot of jobs are sketch. Damn, dude. Yeah. And I think about my job. Like, my my job is not a, I think he would be qualified as, like, a white-collar job. Yeah. I would think, you know, because yeah. blue-collar is a lot more, like, you know, physical body labor, mm-hmm. you know, construction, yeah. uh, you're working with your hands, you know, whatever. And it's not that I have any sort of disrespect or ill will towards those who do, because yeah. I've worked those jobs, and it's been awesome. Obviously, that's how I ate when I was exactly. a kid, is, like, that's how food was on the table. That's what I'm doing now, man. Yeah. <laughs> And when I think of, like, the the highest danger situation in my job mm-hmm. doesn't even come close to, like, an average day at work yeah. for whether you're hanging sheetrock or you're fishing in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I just kind of think, like, whoa, man, I'm lucky. Yeah. Whoa. There's <laughs> scary stuff out there. Yeah. For real, dude. Damn, man.